Hello, welcome to the final swipe, a podcast about healing our hearts and finding love. I'm your host, Nikki Novo. Hey there. Do you ever wish you could ask me a dating question on the regular? Like actually have me tap in intuitively and answer your questions? Well, guess what? You can. Now I am offering a monthly membership option where you can ask me questions throughout the week and I will be answering them in a group format. And we also have a membership site where you can find guided meditations that I've made to help you along your dating journey. Also some videos with some how-tos, basically the things that I give my coaching clients or my one-on-one clients, but all in one little home that you can access on your own time. And that way you're not kind of floating around trying to figure out this thing by yourself. I can help you. And the the best part is it's a really affordable price of $37 a month. No commitment. You can jump in and jump out. We're not going to hold you to anything, but I really just want you to get the guidance that I know so many of you need. And I don't want you floating around and prolonging this love finding thing. I want you to get there quicker. And I know that if we do it together, we can get you there faster. So I hope you join. Go to NikkiNovo.com backslash membership to join. Hello, welcome to another episode of The Final Swipe. I am Nikki Novo, your host. I'm so grateful to be here with you and to spend this time with you. Today, we have a special guest, Nina, who is a friend and a colleague, I would say, because uh, she is a amazing mentor, yoga instructor, healer. And she does send me a lot of her people. And I also find myself sending her clients that sometimes I always say that like are almost like such deep work. And Nina is really good at deep work. So I'm like, you know, I think you're going to be better with Nina. (laughs) So um, Nina is just an amazing healer, really gets into um, the shadows and does that, that work. So I'm really grateful to have her. But I actually brought her on not really so much about that stuff, but she has a really great story about becoming a healer, which I know a lot of you, are, obviously we're here for dating, but some people are kind of being called and waking up a little bit to that calling and um, kind of seeing how that healer part of us plays in our dating life. Um, sometimes like we want to help people and, and take care of people and things like that, but it gets a little confused in our dating life. So Nina has really great stories about that. And that's why I brought her on. She um, also has a beautiful story about how she met her husband, how she had a lot of um, blocks in the in her dating life and the kind of work and manifesting work that she did. So she shares all of that of how she kind of found herself in a lot of bad relationships and how she ended up in a really beautiful relationship and the work that she did in order to get there. So I just thought it would be helpful to share her um, and to share her story. So I hope you enjoy. And yeah, here it is. Enjoy. Hello. Welcome to another episode of The Spinal Swipe. Today we have a really special guest, Nina. Nina, I don't I don't think I know how to say your last name. Uh, no one does it. And everyone <laughs> tries to add another letter. It's Ender. <laughs> Oh, Enders. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. We, <laughs> Nina, who is thankfully a friend, so she won't take that personally, but who is my, I feel like just like my spiritual buddy. Like we, um, whenever mm-hmm. I have a problem with some sort of client or we don't, or I, I need a little bit of like brainstorming, um, like spiritual brainstorming between like the work that we're doing, Nina's my go-to. So I'm so grateful to be here with her and to have a conversation with her. She also has 
she does really great work with women and really raising them up in their worth, but also she has cool dating experience as well. So I thought that would be fun to talk about. So we're just going to see wherever this goes and um, definitely send you some value in the process. So Nina, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, um, I guess, on the surface, what you do, and then we can talk a little bit about your journey and how you got there. Sure. Um, I have, I'm really focused on my mentorship program right now. So I work virtually uh, with mostly women, one man, actually, uh, and locally, depending on where they are, on really all sorts of stuff. But we work through uh, chakras. So that's my kind of math, if you will. And, you know, trauma is a big, is a big uh, focus, I guess, Mm -hmm. whether I wanted that to happen or not that's what I'm meant to do that's what that's who I'm attracting people Mm -hmm. who have some really serious traumas a lot of abuse a lot of emotional physical sexual abuse um and then there's everyday human stuff like relationship and worth and money and all sorts of stuff so we really just it's it's tailored to people's individual needs and gifts and whatever we start where we are. So I like to think that like Nina is a person that I send clients to and like, I don't think I can handle the client. (laughs) (laughs) That that makes me, (laughs) thank you. I appreciate that. I send you, I send them to you for their clarity readings when I'm like, Hey, and they always come back, Nikki. It's so funny. And they're like, wow. Uh, First of all, everything you've said is definitely true because she told me, but because you're channeling and saying it in your own way, it's like information. It's kind of like when your husband's been telling you something forever. And then like one day your friend's like, you should do this. And then you come back to your husband and you're like, Oh my God, you wouldn't believe that Sally told me I should do this. And your husband's like, yeah, I've been telling you that for like three years. So, you know, um, it's funny. And I'll tell Mitchell, my husband that you said that because we have the reverse all of the time. Like I, I'll something like 20 times. And then he's like, Hey, want to hear this piece of brand new information? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Um, we just got to hear from somebody else. Yeah. So. And I have to say, you know, when I was introduced to you, you're, a, you're a huge part of my clarity journey as a, as a guide. And you really like, just given me so much with so few words oh, sometimes man. it's like yeah so you're just such a gift honestly it's like you blow me away well it gives me um goosebumps and all the feels thank you nina i appreciate that but yeah um, i you know I, I so yeah nina and i met that way um through the through jess right i think it was yeah uh, kate wait okay okay um, yeah. so, so happy to have met. And then, um, I just feel like you, you do really good work with like, I don't know, Nina's just like really good at, um, being able to, I think, tell people the things that like they don't see that they don't want to see. And, mm. um, I think it's really interesting how people just like gravitate towards you and they don't even know like why they're working with you. Um, but Nina's definitely like a deep dive 
uh, guide. Oh, I would yeah. say like you're, you have like shaman vibes. I mean, I'm sure you'll, you'll study that one day, but like, you're more like a, like a deep dive, like the person that's like really did, ready to do the work and like really ready to transform. So I'm happy to mm-hmm. have you as a friend, but I also love your, your story, like how you ended up doing this work. So I was wondering if yeah. you can share, share that a little bit. Cause you were in this, you were in New York city for a while, right? Yeah. I lived okay. in uh, the city for a long time and I used to work in fashion, which was uh, a nightmare. Well, first I worked in TV, which was hilarious and <laughs> dramatic in its own right. Um, and I worked for a tabloid television show that's been on no. for like, <laughs> I swear to God, Nikki, I've had so much lives. We all have, but this one was particularly hilarious because I worked for a tabloid TV show and my boss was like the quintessential Southern Belle older woman who had worked on the Today Show. I'm totally like giving her away, but I don't care. And <laughs> she tortured me. Oh my God, she tortured me. Like from I, day one. That's funny. But I just, you know, she also taught me a lot, most yeah. of which was who I never want to be. Um, but there's something that I run into with clients often, especially younger clients, uh, those damn millennials. I know they get a bad name, but yeah. it's true. There's this laziness of like, I don't know, so I'm not going to figure it out. Right. And she really, that was not an option for me, getting out of college and being an adult. She was like, fucking figure it out. I hope I can mm-hmm. swear on this because I'm doing that. <laughs> yes, you can. Yes. <laughs> So oh, I, didn't, I didn't know you started off like that. Why, why did you think you wanted to like work in TV? I studied PR, which I, you know, never did anything with really, but I, but you know, it's, I thought I wanted, well, I guess my, my family's super creative. My mom's a photographer, my dad's a writer. And so I was always kind of searching for my thing and my, creative outlet and feeling a little bit like, Oh, I guess I don't have a thing. And then fashion for me was really interesting and dynamic. And I felt like I could express myself. And so that's what I latched onto. And then I thought I wanted to do fashion PR anyway. I mean, what a nightmare that would have been, but I, so I worked there for a few years and quit, which was one of the best days of my life still to this day, even after having my child. (laughs) It's up there. (laughs) How did you like, how did you get the courage to quit? Well, she, she was, she was really abusive, honestly, like not as abusive as my next couple of jobs would be, but she set the the tone in that she would just, she, there was something about me that really triggered something in her. I think, I don't know if it's, if it Mm. was that I was young or that I was naive or that I was, smiley sometimes and she just wanted to kind of bring me down to the level that she was at she was jaded you know she'd been in the business for a long time and she had a terrible marriage her husband was a dick Mm. and the first time I met him he told me to sit and stay oh my god I was like I'm a golden retriever (laughs) so okay so um she was writing a book that was about and I can't make this up. It was entitled The Power of Respect. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And she had tortured me every day for two and a half years. And I'm helping her research and write this book called The Power of Respect. And I was like, this is, this is unbelievable. <laughs> so I, it was ridiculous. And, and so she wanted, there was one, the breaking point was she wanted to, um, she wanted the lyric, the rights to this lyric, the lyrics of this song by Aretha Franklin, R-E-S-P-C-T. And no, it takes time. And it was during the recession. So people were so um, understaffed and things t- took more than 24 hours to get done. And so I was hustling to do this. I'm a, you know me, I'm an Aries. Like I get shit done. I'm not sitting back waiting for life to happen. And there was nothing I could do. It was out of my hands. And she was so pissed that it wasn't in her control and she she cc'd me on an email to her publisher saying i was incompetent and all this other <laughs> stuff and i was just like you know what i am done yeah so i went in and she would do this fun thing where she would threaten to fire me all the time like she would <laughs> dangle the carrot and she, oh my god it was ridiculous she'd be like i don't know if this is working and i'd be like no please like let's make it work and she'd be like okay fine you know it was so toxic and this time she was like i don't think this is working and i'm like you know what it's not my last day is going to be next week the end i'm done good day and she was shocked like jaw drop oh like she expected me to beg for it right right she was just like you I didn't so um well first of all we have so much more i didn't know this part this story about you because <laughs> oh, I, I actually i don't know if you know this but like i studied pr and like my first job was, no yes i worked in the film industry in la my first job was um, what a stunk it yeah i was at lionsgate that was my first job and i was oh, the assistant to the God. yeah to the president of publicity and marketing and same story like exact same you know like just very Oof. like double wears prada like very, oh, yeah. abusive, you know, like very abusive. She told me that I smiled too much and that like I was too nice and she, like she didn't want people coming to my desk and talking to me. I and mean, it was like really interesting. But so it's funny. I, did, I didn't know that we had that in common. But here's my question. Do you, do you, so a lot of healers like have these stories, like, you know, kind of these, mm. there's like, you know, even, I, I mean, and listen, like, that's why we say like trauma's trauma. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, TV worthy trauma, but like, you know, an abuse is abuse and it doesn't have to be something that like, you know, we would see, um, you know, the newspaper or whatever, but like, do right. you, do you think that it just seems like, you know, most healers like have these kind of these stories like woven into their, their, um, path. Do you, um, do you think you attracted this? Do you think like this was just part of the path? Like, what do you think about? Oh, I attracted it 1000% and it kept coming. That was the, that was day one of like career, you know, Mm -hmm. it went on and I had little baby breaks in between. I had one nice boss who was a man, go figure. Mm -hmm. And he was wonderful. Um, But when I, I ended up working at, humongous top model agency in New York. And I was, that was the breaking point. It was, the abuse was so bad there. Like, I mean, my boss would call me a cunt actually. And so that was like, that was, I was physically ill. Like I could, I was really in the weeds, I would say uh, at my first job, but yeah, I do think I attracted it. And why do you think you were taking it? Because I 
because of a couple things. And I say this to clients all the time, just because I was attracting it doesn't mean that it was my fault. There's a very fine line. And I think that we need to be clear about that. Like I didn't do it to myself, but I did accept it, you know, and I was vibrating on that frequency of like, I can fix you. And what is super interesting to me is the dynamic was always like my boss was a hot mess emotionally. And I was fixing, trying to fix them and trying to make it okay for them and trying to take all of their trauma on and all of their whatever, you know, right. And absorb that. So the pattern was very clear, even though I couldn't see it when I was in it. And when I finally got out of it, I I mean, I took medical leave when I was in fashion. Finally, I was like, I'm so sick. Like, Mm. my Crohn's was just out of control. I was breaking through insane medication, sick, sick, sick. And I was like, this is, this has to stop now. You know, I, I, I honestly couldn't continue. I couldn't keep my head up at work. It was so bad. Oh my gosh. So that was my healer's path, right? Like, I think like in many ways, like you're kind of like, basically what you're saying is like, you know, I knew that I was like called to do this kind of work and I was just, I didn't, I didn't understand it. So I was just doing it as an assistant. Like I was, you know, kind of obviously like showing up as an assistant. So it's not so much that like, oh, you know, low self-esteem or things like that. It's more like that kind of feeling of like, you know, I can handle this. I can hold this. And that's, what's interesting Mm -hmm. about you. I mean, I think you can hold a lot. Um, and you know, that's probably where, so it's, it's easy. It's, it could be easy to be like, oh, she didn't believe in herself or she thought she deserved that or whatever, but it's actually, um, I don't think that's the story. Oh, that's really interesting that you say that. Yeah. And thank you. And yeah, I can hold a lot. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, holy shit, (laughs) I'm holding. (laughs) Yeah. But that being said, I know and very much how to take care of myself at this point in my life where I didn't right. before, you know, yes. I just used to drink a lot of wine and smoke cigarettes. Like that was my and do yoga now and then, but it was like, I would dip in and out like any New Yorker would of like, okay, I'm going to do something nice for myself. Now I'm going to go exercise, but it would immediately follow like a binge, you know, mm-hmm. because I couldn't hold it the same then I could in the moment and I could for the years that it was being dumped on me, but then I wouldn't know how to, Get it out of my body. Of course. Yeah. Of course. That's why I got sick. So then you got sick and you didn't go back, right? And that's when you moved, I think? Well, it's funny. I had to go back because I was on medical leave for three months and I was like, I'm not going back. I'm not going back. And nothing was fitting. And I wanted, while I was on medical leave, I was practicing yoga a lot. Okay. Finally, again. And it was the only thing that made me feel good. And it was the only thing that made me feel like myself, you know, and, but it still didn't click. And I thought I want to work with kids. I want to work with trauma. I want to work with kids. And I, I don't know what it is. And I was kind of grasping at, at things. And then I walked. So I had to go back because I had to pay the bills. Right. <laughs> and I said to myself, okay, there's fashion week coming up in at the end of August or at the beginning of September. And it was like, I don't know when I went back. July or something, June. And I was like, I will be gone no matter what. I will be gone by this date before it starts because I cannot handle another one. So I just put my head down and I tried not to absorb all the stuff. And I signed up for my teacher training because I walked out of a yoga class one day and I was like, holy shit, I am floating. Like, this is Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. I want to make people feel like this. So I signed up 
to get certified. And I'm like, I cannot, these two things cannot coexist. I cannot be working at this job and working on myself and whatever this path is. So I ended up getting a nannying job and another part-time job and finally was able to quit right before fashion week. Like I said, manifested nice. that shit. <laughs> Made that happen. And that, so I, yeah. okay. And then that's when you started um, teaching yoga. Yeah. So I started okay. teaching and then I moved to Mexico about, I don't know, a year or so into my teaching. So what, sorry guys for the background noise. My husband decided that he wants lunch now, so that's okay. It's real, it's real, it's real, real life here. Okay. Um, yeah. so what made you like, what made you move to Mexico? What do people think about? Like, what do people think about that? Like, why did you need that? Well, it's, it's, I never wanted to go to Tulum. It's so funny how it all and not at all makes total sense how it all goes hand in hand, but I never wanted to go to Tulum because at that point it wasn't popular. It was just popular among fashion people who like knew about the spot and it was just secret and you know, whatever exclusive and all this bullshit. And I was like, I do not want to go to Tulum where, but my, I I really wanted to go on a yoga retreat. And my father was like, it'll be your birthday present. You've been working really hard, whatever. So I'm looking at a bunch of different places and this place in Tulum keeps popping up and I'm like, and it was, it was really the gut, the gut. I just kept mm-hmm. coming back to this little place on the beach. It was a very different place then. And so I was like, okay, that's it. I'm following my intuition. I'm going. And I went. Just for vacation. Yeah. For a yoga retreat. Yeah. Just for vacation. Okay. And I walked in and the woman uh, who ran the retreat center was like, it was a super just passing moment. And I, the studio was overlooking the ocean and I was just like, Oh my God, I need to be here. And she said, if you want a job and I'm like, no, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, I can give you a retreat. It's going to be low season. I don't know how many people are going to be here, but you can stay at the house and figure it out after that. So I went back to New York and I said, I'm going to, well, my best friend was with me at the time and she is so type A New Yorker. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to move to Mexico. And she was like, what? You're just going to move to Mexico. And I'm like, well, I yeah. Think you need to be like type A to question your friend moving from New York to Mexico, Nina. Well, that's true. That's true. But she is very type A, but she was like, couldn't, it couldn't, we couldn't be further from like this, the same, like she's the other end of the spectrum is my point of like, right. I'm just like, yeah, fuck it. I'm moving to Mexico. And she's like, wow, head explodes. So poor friends. I went home and I called my mom and I cried and I said, I, I, this is a place I can heal. And she said, go and do it. I wasn't asking for permission. And that's something I never was. My parents never asked of me. They never like position themselves as you can't figure it out. So come to us for the answers. Like Mm -hmm. we support you and we'll tell you when we think it's not good for you. But so I moved. Amazing. And I met my husband there, but we have to talk about the backstory of all the terrible people I did it before that. (laughs) So what, um, and when you said you like needed to heal, like, what did you think? What did you think you were trying to heal? I had no idea um, how deep it was. I knew I was in pain and I knew that I wasn't happy, 
Mm. That's pretty miserable, actually. But I didn't know how, I didn't know how much I was capable of that was be, that was so stifled and just underneath this rubble of, you know, there was sexual abuse when I was really young that I had mentioned once or twice in my life but never had dealt with. Mm-hmm. There was just all this stuff around men. There was a lot of stuff that I needed to, you know, reconcile with my dad and a lot of stuff, just like a lifetime of stuff. So you were aware yeah. of it. So you knew like, and cause the thing is too, like, I don't think that a lot of us are suffering and we don't know we're suffering. So I guess at some point you mm-hmm. realized that you were suffering. Yeah. But you know, I think I didn't know, like you're saying, I didn't know how much I was suffering. I didn't know how disconnected I actually was from my body. And there's something that you can, you can teach yoga, which is a whole nother conversation, but you can, you know, be a yoga teacher and not have any idea about really about the words that are coming out of your mouth. Right. You can be like, and feel this, but do you feel it? You know? So it was really important to me that I did real work and figured out what the fuck I was even saying. Right. And that you were really in the work. Yes. Not a fraud, you know? Yeah. No, I think that I mean, that's the scary part, I think, of people who are like just, you know, kind of waking up to, you know, their own spiritual journeys and they start seeking out healers and different things like that. And there's just so many different types of people doing this kind of work. And a lot of people are not in the work. They do the work, but they're not like in their work. So, so it's, you know, it's tricky to be able to, um, point that out. So I, that's amazing that like you saw that and that you wanted to do that. So what was your, what were your dating patterns? I'm sure you were dating hmm. in New York, like why you were here. Uh, you know, I, I hated dating in New York and I wouldn't do it. I don't like dating. I think dating's a really weird ritual and mm-hmm. I refuse. My mom would laugh at me all the time because I'd be like, what? I'm going to go to a restaurant and sit across the table from a stranger and like interview <laughs> each other. Um, what did terrible. you, if, if that weren't like, um, if that wasn't the way like we dated, like what, what, I guess like what in your mind thought felt like a better way of doing it? Arrange well, marriages? All, I used to sleep with all of my guy friends. <laughs> <laughs> so like we'd be friends and then. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had to trust people. And now looking back, I realized it's because I really didn't trust men in general. Right. And I needed for me to feel like I could open in any way, shape or form, I had to be, there had to be trust there. So I, I don't think I, maybe I dated a few people, a handful of people that weren't my friends first. Everybody I had some sort of relationship with, but I never had a healthy relationship, honestly, until I met my husband ever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's usually the case. (laughs) Yeah. Like my high school boyfriend was, we dated for five years and we loved each other. Like I, that was, that was a love for sure. But it was, he was, he was a very angry person and had a lot of, you know, he was a kid. We were kids. And I remember this one time he locked me in the basement, Nikki, and he was, and he thought it was funny. And I remember being like, this is so not okay, but I don't know how to, get out of it. Like I love him and he loves me. Right. So why is he doing this? And it was, it just kind of set the tone for what I accepted too. And, and not all of my relationships were 
toxic and we had amazing times like we did he was yeah it's just like these little things that you normalize like that you kind of normalize and then they set the tone you're like oh well I had this guy that like I really loved and we did this thing and so therefore like a lot of things seem normal after that yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and so you know then I start then I've dated people who it was the thing they all had in common was that they weren't emotionally available and they weren't on my level. And maybe that sounds, I don't know, arrogant, but I don't mean it to be. It's like spiritually they, and, and one of them in particular who I, I dated for a while. And then I just, I was so, I just was like hell bent on making it work with him. Like I saw I was all about his potential, like, Oh my mm. God, the potential of this human being. He could that. be amazing. We, we, date, we love to date potential. <laughs> six, I think there were, it was like six years of my life. So most of the time that I was in New York, maybe more, God damn it. We would have relationships, you know, it, between like, but I, we would always be attracted back to each other. But it was never, he was always like telling me, like, I can't, be, I can't be like what you need me to be. And I'd be like, yeah, you can't, like, it's fine. And we'd have that conversation in so many different ways. And I just was like, no, we're going to make it work. Like, no, he'll grow out of it. No, him and his, my mom, his mom and I are really close and we're meant to be and blah, blah, blah. He's so funny and we're so funny and everything's great. And I love him. I mean, for years, it was fucking awful. But it was finally... I was in Mexico for the love of God and I was still emailing him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in your defense, you know, I, I, you know, without going into it, but I, I see that a lot, like in my clients and a lot of times it's just, these are like soulmates, like people that we've lived past lives with and they come in for a minute mm-hmm. to like do, do some work. And then like, we misunderstand the, the, um, the purpose. And we're like, Oh, I like, because it felt this way and because it feels so familiar and, and it feels all these ways, like I'm supposed to be with you forever. And we like attach, we have an attachment to like what it's supposed to look like. So, um, we keep trying, you know, and until we kind of, you know, wake up, I mean, I had, like, I had a boyfriend like that too, that like, just, I had this really clear idea of like what I thought this relationship was going to be rather than understanding that like it came in for a little bit and there was some stuff to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was like a connection there and, and, you know, I've done this before. I know this person, but that doesn't mean it's supposed to be forever. So. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and I think not, it's not about blame, but I think for women, we are, and men, but mostly women, we're just, the story is beaten into our brains of like, find him and don't let him go. So even if you're not mm-hmm. susceptible or you don't think you're following that kind of fairy tale, whatever, right? it's like, okay, if, if I can't keep him, something's wrong with me, right? Like what, how do I do this? How do I shift? What, and yeah, it's, it, how do I bend myself? Like, like, how do I twist myself into a pretzel and like, you know, right. Make, yeah. To fit him. Yes. And it's so damaging and it's so impossible to see in the moment. Right. Like people can tell you until you're blue in the face, like uh, maybe it's just not whatever. They can say it a million different ways. And you're just like, no, no, like this is it. And no, I couldn't decipher. I couldn't I couldn't figure that out in the moment. I just thought that he was 
it. And then I remember we had like, and he was never, ever abusive in any way. He was a beautiful person. He just wasn't emotionally available and he wasn't my forever, like period. Right. What do you, what do you and define so, emotionally available? Mm, good question. Uh, willing to, willing to listen, willing to stop and listen and also honestly put in work every single day, right. whatever that looks like. Right, right. Grow. Grow alongside someone, but grow individually. Like, it's really important for us to do our individual work so that we can be the best or whatever, better together, you know? One person doing the work doesn't do it for both. No, and then, of course, then you grow apart. But I never thought about emotional. That's true. Like, that's what emotional available is. It's like, I'm here with you. I'm connected to you. I'm. What makes people... How do, how do you know, like, how can you spot an, an emotional person? Like how you can Ooh. see them? You know, that's a really good question. How because can you spot some people, some people, like, I feel like have the language and they can talk a lot and they can, they can like almost like um, intellectually understand emotions and like can maybe talk about emotions. Um, yeah. But, but then this doesn't necessarily mean that they're open, which is what gets confusing in dating um, that like, you know, I can talk about these things and I can intellectualize them, but I can't really feel them. And it's tricky. I've yet to figure out like kind of how you can spot that, like how you can spot, um, because it's, it's yeah. like a feeling almost, you know, like there's not really like a, there's not really like a sign sometimes. It's just, no, kind of- I would say a feeling for sure. And also I, I like to, well, I mean, I, I guess, I think it's a lot about what the person does and how the person is in their own body. Like, Mm -hmm. do they, are they relaxed? Are they, do they take care of themselves? Do they exercise? Like, I know that sounds kind of surface level, but it's not like moving, moving, nourishing and moving stuff out and releasing is what gives us the capacity to have space to hold stuff. Right. And we have to hold stuff for each other. If, we're being emotionally available. Like that's, there is no way to do it otherwise. So can you, um, you talk about movement a lot, which I guess is like a, a lot of the way that you, that was part of your journey and like mm-hmm. discovering movement and all that. Can you talk a little bit about why that's important? I mean, you just talked about it like quickly, but like what yeah. kind of like people that don't even know like the word movement or like connected right. to your body, like what does that mean? Uh, well, first of all, I think that it's very different. I know that's very different for everyone, but most of us spend our entire lives or most of our lives disconnected from our bodies for various reasons. And, um, you know, I think it's a journey that I definitely tell each one of my clients what I think will help them specifically, but then I say, okay, try X, Y, Z and see what works best for you. When you wake up in the morning and you feel this way, then you have to listen. And that's where I think we get stuck is a lot of us can't listen because we can't be still enough to listen to what we need, not what we think we need. Right. So it's like, Oh, I'm going to go exercise and it's going to, I'm going to go to a power hour and beat my body up even more and whatever CrossFit, which makes me 
angry. And, <laughs> and like jump out of the body too, because I think like time, sometimes when you do such hard, um, intense workouts, like not always, but the, the point of workouts is like to get in your body and to like feel your body. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing something so hard that causes so much pain, obviously the instinct is to like jump out and, and to like go to your mind and like think of other things and be in like in another totally place, which like defeats the purpose. But I think that. Yeah. Or push through, which is right. like the worst, worst trend right. of all time. Just push right. through to the other side or, and so, you know, movement is different for everyone. Sometimes movement is breathing like a lion's breath, which is just inhaling through your nose and exhaling and sticking your tongue out and making crazy faces because you're releasing the tension, which is stored for a lot of us uh, around our uh, jaw area, jawline. And that is movement, right? You're moving your face. You're moving the energy. So it's not just about exercise. It's actually not about exercise at all. It's about moving energy out of your body mm-hmm. that you don't want to keep in, you know, because that leads to all sorts of things like disease and, you know, depression and all those things and anxiety. Yeah. Cause um, yeah. there's this really amazing, um, he's a, I don't know, he's a chiropractor, but he is basically doing like energy healing um, here in Miami, who I send a lot of like my tr- local trauma clients to. And, um, you know, he always explains it like, you know, he's like, listen, anxiety and all these other things are just energy. Like that's what they are. The problem is when they get stuck, you know, like when they're not moved out, you know, on a regular basis, like kind of, you know, expecting the, you know, like can't expect the body to like never, it's like getting like a, you know, like a clogged pipe, like it's just not going to work well. And like, it's the same thing with our energy and like movement is the thing that is going to move it out. But we're never taught that. It's hard. No. So anxiety, anxiety. No, that's okay. Anxiety is something that is is so present in relationships and blocks so many women and men, you know, but I work primarily with women and I am one. So I can speak to that of like, I remember just so many of my friends being like, the anxiety of like first date, like, is he the one? Is he going to be the one? Is he going to call me back? Does he like me? Am I enough? Like the, the mind just takes over. And what I do is not, it's not about getting out of the mind, but it's using an understanding that the mind is not you. Like it's, right. it's a the end all be all. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's what does your gut say, man? Because when you, so many of us go against that gut feeling of like, mm, this is not the person. And then we end up in terrible or just kind of bluff relationships. And we're like, well, I knew this was coming, which can start a shame spiral in and of itself of like, I, I knew it, but I still did it. And then it was done to me. And like, then I was left. And yes, I agree. That's always like such a hard thing. That's why it's so important to listen to. I mean, all my, most of my work is about, you know, listening to your intuition and all that. But yeah, you basically go to this place that you're like, shit, I meant to do that before. And like, he's leaving me. Yeah. And like, I yeah. knew that it wasn't right. Um, and yeah. It's, it's yeah. Always, always being broken up with, you know, like. Right. Always. And then you believe that that's like the story for you and like that, that, you know, and then it brings down your worth and all those things when really it's yeah. like, no, you know, you know, like it's really like your intuition was there to help you. Yeah. My worth was really, uh, my self-worth was really low lacking. It's so strange how you can outward, you can appear really confident outwardly. And you and I talk about a lot about this, which you called me out on immediately. And I was like, damn, I'm listening. 
<laughs> about the fake rebel and the real rebel. And that's something I have always struggled with. Like I, my natural spirit, soul, whatever you want to call it is to just not exist in like a boxy kind of way. But then I take it the extra mile and I'm like, well, fuck you. I'm going to do it the other way. And that's not real. (laughs) Right. Because, well, it's just like, it's just the other side of the spectrum. It's just the idea of like, I'm doing it for the sake. And we see that a lot. Like, um, I I have such a it's hard. I, my daughter is actually 13 now and she's kind of, she's going through that, you know, like that, like everything is about being cool. And I mean, I remember, and even like sometimes when you're dating, like there's these ideas of like, what's cool and what's not cool. And it just really just, I don't know. It it creates this, uh, it's creates so much confusion about like, what is me? And like, and what do I think I need to appear as? And it's just, and then they're mm. so close, you know, because a lot of the things that you choose to do to, to be different are things that you believe in. Um, but then it's like, you're just becoming a, um, I don't know, like a caricature of like a type of yeah. person, you know, like you're not really becoming like becoming, you're, you're just, you're just becoming what you think you should be becoming, you know? Um, and yeah, I do. It's, it's yeah. tricky. So how did it you, is- how did you meet Mitchell? Like, how did that, like, how do you think you got to a place where you were able to bring it, bring him in? Well, I finally, two of the things that I avoided the most were looking in my life, were looking at my relationships with men and sex and money. Mm. I was just like, I'm always broke and that's just the way it is. And, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I'm always left or nobody wants to be with me the way I want to be with them or whatever, <clears throat> or the wrong guys, you know, like, Oh, he, or he's too nice. That was always something I said, which was just <laughs> bullshit. Like, Oh God forbid he treats you with some respect. My yeah. God. I know. I, I have but that with my clients all the time. And that's, it's tricky because in that moment, they, you feel like your gut is telling you like, Oh, it's no, it's just not the right guy. Really you know, and a lot of times it's not like so the really nice guys that I can think back to were not my my people, right? But I was so in, so uh, insistent that I should be dating like this some right. sort of edgy, you know, guy something that, like, or anything that was nice was just to prove to you that like nice guys are lame. You know, it was just like it's right. Just to prove your theory. <laughs> right. It was just like just to prove your theory of like the edgy so guys are the right not. guys. Yeah. <laughs> Or he's like boring and vanilla. So, <laughs> um, God damn. So I finally, when I was in Mexico, I was alone a lot and a lot. And I just was like, this guy who I was referring to before six, whatever years of like nonstop back and forth. I was like, I need like, it, it's over. It has to be cut off. So I did it when I was home, actually, in the I was home for a holiday or something. And I saw him one last time. And it was just such a red flags everywhere moment that I was like, okay, this is like, this is done now. And it wasn't, you know, some dramatic thing. I just left and it was done. And that's it. Like, it really was just a matter of me being like, I am, if I want something to change, I have to change what I'm doing. And I, and I keep going back to the same kind of situation expecting a different result like it has to stop so I think a lot of it's just about empowering ourselves 
to make the choices, whether that's a relationship or a job or whatever, like don't wait for the universe to take it away from you or the person to decide they don't, they want to break up with you. Like step into yourself enough to be like, I'm done, you know? Right. Right. So that's what happened there. And I put a lot of intention and a lot of seeds literally into the ocean of like, I'm planting Mm -hmm. a seed for a partner, not a boyfriend, not a someone to have sex with, like a partner right. in life. And I want a family and and I would say things as if they were reality. Like I have a partner who is this, this and this. And none of it was like he has arm tattoos and like no, I mean I got that, which I'm very happy about, but <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't thinking about looks or money or any of that stuff. I was like, because at the end of the day, you're going to be attracted to what you're attracted. That's what I always tell people. I'm like, just because you're going for the inside stuff doesn't mean you're going to end up with like the short fat guy, you know, like you're going to come. Yeah. It's going to come in a way that you're like attracted to them. Like that's that, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So I, we were at a, we were at a bar and I was not looking for anybody or anything in that moment which I think is a big issue that I had. I was kind of always had my eye on like, oh, is that him? Is that him? Is that him? Is that him? And I wasn't in that place. I was like super focused on my work, teaching yoga retreats, having fun, going to the beach. And we were at a place called Un Milagrito, which was a little miracle. (laughs) Uh, And I met Mitchell. And it was honestly an instant connection. And we did not leave each other's side, but not in a way, and this is a really important distinction, that was filled with anxiety. I wasn't worried to let him leave or, you know, and he was not to me. Nothing was controlled. It was just free-flowing energy between us that was, oh, that's my baby. And then we made a baby who was yelling in the background. Um, It took time to make a baby. But so it was just this flowing energy that was like, oh, this is it. Oh, this is what it feels like. Calm and and nice. And like, he's the most kind, gentle person I've ever met in my life. Truly. He's just everything I'm not when it comes to, like, he's always smiling at people. I'm like, what are you doing? Right? <laughs> smiling at strangers. Like, <laughs> it's just not my way. I'm very nurturing, but I am not the way like he's just like open arms like so um what was he doing in in mexico you know he was stuck he didn't know but he was pulled there i think the same he had been he had been going on vacation there for like 10 years but Mm. he was on his way and thought he would be traveling on he was taking some time off also from the city we we were there for the same almost the same amount of time living and going to a lot of the same places which is interesting Mm. Um, but never knowing each other. And uh, so, yeah, he stopped. Okay. He just kind of stopped and he was there. And I think he had just told a friend, like, you know, I'm starting to kind of like not think it's out there for me or whatever. And yeah, then we met. So interesting. So you you could say that for a long time you didn't believe that like it that there were good guys or that you were going to like find a healthy relationship. But, the, but then you would say that the, the thing that really changed was the intention, like kind of like, okay, I'm really going to and work on this. And that doesn't mean like I'm going to go on a hundred dates or anything like that it was more the internal work, like the internal 
um, intentions and prayers and, and mm-hmm. belief work and things like that. It wasn't, you're not like swiping or, um, oh, God, you know, no. I think when people think like, Oh, when they, people set the attention, like, okay, I'm going to date, I'm going to date a hundred guys like in the next three months, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, good and luck that, with that and yeah. wear condoms. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you didn't need to do that. Like that's not, that wasn't So what, um, kind of, did you just feel guided about the work that you did or like, did you have an idea? It was all inner work. It was all, all inner work. And I think that that is, I think it looks different for everybody. And maybe some people do need to go on dates to work out something. But for me, it was about being quiet and letting things happen, not controlling things with my mind, not trying to seek them out, not putting like, you know, leading with charm, like, or whatever, sexuality, whatever I'd done, not hooking people, just allowing myself and my soul to shine through every relation, every situation. And whoever was vibrating on that frequency, which was, by the way, much higher than it used to be, then that would obviously be the connection. That would obviously be the person or people for me. It wasn't about seeking it out. It was about surrender. Right. I love that. That's you, you explained that so well. Like, I mean, just, and it's really just, um, I don't know. It's like this, cause like talking about being in your worth and all that, it's, it's a feeling like, I don't think you can, I don't know. It's just like this, this sense of, okay, like I belong yeah. Like this is going to happen. Like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm protected. I'm, you know, supported all that kind of stuff. It seems like what you were doing. So were you ever afraid that, um, since you guys were kind of both in this place that maybe wasn't permanent or whatever, were you afraid of what was going to happen next? How did you work no, through that? Never, not for one minute, which is so the opposite of my personality. Okay. Like I really just, we moved in together. Like honestly, the second, like, like days after we met. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't like a, it wasn't this like conversation. It was just like, we felt we belonged together. So we just moved together, you know? And it was like really natural and organic. And then we, so we were building a life together and it was like, I wasn't, you know, then I was getting, working with a healer down there and I saw a baby and I've always wanted to have children. And, but I saw like a a baby in my meditation and I was like, okay, so now is the time. And we weren't engaged or married or any of that, which I didn't care about, but on some level I wanted, but wasn't like totally ready to admit. Mm-hmm. And Mitchell's really old fashioned. So I'd be like, so we're going to get married. And he'd be like, can you let me be romantic? And I'm like, no, I can. Are we gonna? <laughs> so, okay. I kind of did the same so, thing to Maddie. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I'm just like, I'm not going to keep living here. Unless, <laughs> yeah. Pretty much like, yeah, yeah, that's all nice. But, um, so I told him and Milo was very ready and, you know, fertility is something that I'm don't like to speak about too much because everyone's on their own journey and I don't want to make it seem like it's like bing, bang, boom. And then you're pregnant because it's not the case for a lot of women. Um, but for us, we had a conversation and we tried and we got pregnant right away and it was so you didn't like, get married okay. first or you did you ended up getting married oh, first we weren't even engaged oh my gosh oh I didn't know that no we weren't even engaged we were living in Mexico we I said I want to have a baby 
to you? And he said, can I think about it? And I said, yes. Are you done thinking about it? (laughs) He was like, we talked about it. He said, yes, of course I do. And blah, blah, blah. He always wanted to be a dad. And so we tried and I got pregnant. Literally the first time I ovulated, which was like two weeks later. Yeah. Had a conversation, got pregnant. Like he was like, oh, I thought this could take a while. I'm like, yeah, but it didn't. So (laughs) congrats. (laughs) And... Um, and then we were planning on staying in Mexico until we both had the gut feeling of we need to go. And something was pulling us back to New York, not the city. God, no. And so we came back and then he proposed, which I wasn't expecting at all, even though like I was pregnant now and I was just like, oh, I guess we're just going to do it our own way. And then he proposed and then we got married and then we had the baby, but we okay. got married. Well, Okay. Oh my gosh, a lot of change in like so, such a short amount of time. I think that's the other thing. Like, you know, I think a lot of times we say, you know, we want all this stuff in our lives or whatever, but uh, we freak out. We want to control, you know, how it ends up unrolling, you know, like on un, unbinding, I guess. And I think the mm-hmm. the fact that you surrendered allowed it to work that way because if you were, you know, controlling it, 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 it just it would have taken longer. And um, you know, not that it wouldn't have happened. It's just like sometimes we want things that are fast, but we don't realize how much resistance we have towards things that are fast. So it seems like you were just no. like really able to surrender to that and let it work mm-hmm. that way. And that took a lot of work. It's not, it wasn't a, it wasn't a light switch that flicked on. It was like deep work mm-hmm. and being alone. And that was my biggest work was not having a guy in any way like not attaching myself to some guy I was emailing or thinking about or texting or wondering if he's excuse me or I wanted yeah. him or blah, blah. It was like, no, sit alone with yourself and meet yourself for like the first time, you know, right. like, who are you? What are right now? Because that's ever changing. Like, what do you want? What makes you feel good? Like what is happening in your body? So, and what do you need to heal? You know? So all that right. said, and Mitchell and I work, every single day together, you know, is our relationship difficult? No, it's not. It's very, very much fluid and filled with love. But of course we have moments of like, hello, are you speaking the same language as me or no? And then you throw a baby in the mix, which is, you know, that also brings in another layer. Yeah. And it was incredible that we, it's, it's shown me so much about myself and partnership and our partnership was like, people are like marriage the first year of marriage is really hard and then having a baby is really hard and all that stuff is probably true to in its own way right but i think so much of the conversation around fear around relationships and dating and men and pregnancy and all that stuff related to love is about fear <laughs> and it it's not it's not something to fear it's something to trust you know so that's like i trust my husband and i trust myself and i trust my baby and i trust us as a unit so I think that's really what it's about. Trust. How do you, um, how do you think you can get to a place like somebody who doesn't understand that? Like how, how can you get to a place of trust? And that's a big question. Um, Oh my God, this is so funny. Um, how do I think you get it within the relationship? In in general, like how do you, how do you get to a place to like trust yourself? I mean, and that's in, um, work, work. You have to seek. I honestly think always, having um, a guide of some sort 
and ask, which I meant to say before, if you're seeking guidance from someone spiritual, like, or a therapist or whatever, I would, I would ask that person what they do in no, like, they don't have to be specific, but like, do you do work on yourself? Do you, do you, are you in the work? Like you said, like, it's very important that we, we know that. Um, but I'd say work, but also not looking outward all the time. Not, it's not in the books. It's not necessarily in the healer or the the therapist or whatever they can help guide but it's you it's in you so Mm -hmm. trusting knowing that you don't know is okay first of all and trying to sit with it for a while is is the only way that trust comes is really just quiet and listening yes i love that it's so important. Oh, yeah. You're you're doing some um which is I know to wrap to wrap it up, but you're doing some relationship work now too. Like you're helping you you do relationships, right? Um yeah, I I'm just starting to open up uh so like I said, the bulk of the work is individual the mentorship and then I'm just starting to open up just like two spots for couples um to work side by oh, side. Okay. Yeah. And um and that can really mean a lot of things. I work with one couple now who who see me individually, and then once a month we see we oh, they nice. come together. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, that must be. Well, um, do you like doing it? Is it challenging? I do. I do. I thought it might be uh, an issue. I started working with her before he came into play, and I was okay. a little hesitant, but but I just went with my gut, and it's it's okay. You know, we have boundaries and, um, I trust myself enough to know when it's, when it doesn't work, when it won't work, you know? Yeah. And it's so nice to like be able to see both sides and kind of be a, um, translator of sorts for them. I'm sure like to be in the middle and kind of be able to translate some of the the stuff that's going on. That's nice. I have not ventured into relationships before. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Nina. Thank but you you're so the much. expert in dating. Yeah. <laughs> in in the dating. I, I dated a lot. I, I got my oh. uh, like PhD in dating. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for sharing. And um, thank you for taking the time. Uh, I know baby Milo is like probably ready to, to hang out. He's at my door. Yeah. <laughs> he is ready. He's at my door and ready. It's so funny. Our babies are also like a month apart. I think it is, right? Yeah. Like February. Really, he was born January 9th. No, he's January 9th. Oh, did you see January, Ethan's January 3rd? I forgot. They're not a month apart. They're a few days apart. That's oh, so funny. Crazy. Yeah. So, oh, I love and him. And you have two others. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, because I, haven't, like, I have nothing else to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just crazy. Well, yeah. thank you, love. No, thank you, Nina. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for sharing. If people wanted to follow your work, I think you do a really great job on Instagram. So I would love if you can share. Maybe you'd have to spell your name for people, but it'll also be in the show notes. But if you can tell us okay. a little bit about where we can connect with you. Yeah, um, on Instagram, it's Nina Endurst E N D R S T Health, and my website is NinaEndurstYoga.com. Okay, great. And then we'll also we'll also um, connect to that on the on the show notes, so people can just click. So thanks, great. Nina. Thank you again. Thank you. All right, my friend. I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. For more guidance on your journey to the final swipe, please visit me at nikkinovo.com. <laughs>